All right, we'll say good morning. Let us begin. I want to begin by thanking our sponsor, our Tamil Torah sponsors, for Shvat, to thank Mrs. Bracha Strummer for dedicating all the Shurman Joshos this month in memory of her husband, Abram Ben Kalman Ali Ezra Halevi. We hope that in the merit of our Tamil Torah, the Neshama will have an Aliyah and the family a Nechama. And we thank Avi Tobias for dedicating all the Shurman Joshos this month in honor of the Daf, in honor of the Shir. We thank him for his incredible generosity. And mostly with that, let us begin. We have a magnificent, beautiful, and incredible journey ahead of us today. Today's Daf is Chav 29. We are picking up on Chav Chesem with Bez. We left off 15 lines up from the bottom. So mostly remember again, we left off in the Sugya concerning, concerning eulogies in a shul. And the Mishnah explained, the Mishnah explained that halacha lamaisa, only what we call a hespeda dirabim, right? A, a eulogy for the public can be held within a shul. So the Gemara was giving explanations. In ours, it seems to be it's the type of hesped that would draw kind of communal attention. So the Gemara says, Reish Lakish, sape eulogized the particular Talmud Chacham, who was often found in Eretz Yisrael, to have a tani hilchasa bechav dalid shurta. This is beautiful. He taught halacha to twenty-four rows of talmidim. Twenty-four rows of talmidim. And how did Rish Lakish eulogize him? Amar vai chasra aradisa gavra rabba. The land of Israel has lost a great man. Well, see, that was the hesped. The land of Israel has lost a great man. Hahu da have a tani hilchasa sifra. V'sifri v'tosefta v'shachiv. There was another Talmud Chacham. They both say he learned halacha, sifra, sifri, tosefta, and then he passed away. Asu v'amrulei Rav Nachman l'sapte. They came to Rav Nachman and they asked Rav Nachman to eulogize this particular Talmud Talmud Chacham. So l'sapte mar amar. So listen, this Rav Nachman said, Hechi l'sapte. How should I eulogize him? Should I say about him, Hait son of the Mali Sifri, the Chaser? So what should I say? That he was, the world is now lacking a basket full of svarim. And I both say, this wasn't a compliment. Now look at Rashi, just a moment. Hait sana mali sifri. Eino ela kasal, eino ela kisal, excuse me. Shemelu svarim, ve'in meivin ma'vesocha. Af shona halachas lo shimish tamidi chachamim. So I both say, essentially what Rav Nachman was saying was, this man possessed a lot of knowledge, but he didn't really know how to utilize it. In other words, he was like a basket filled with svarim. So a basket filled with svarim is very nice. A lot of svarim. But the knowledge is not necessarily practical. Now Rav Nachman, now Rav Nachman attributed this to the fact that although this guy learned a lot of Torah, he was not mishtamish tamidi chachamim. Right? He didn't spend a lot of time with, with tamidi chachamim, with Torah scholars. And therefore, by definition, he had the knowledge but really didn't know how to apply it. So Rav Nachman was reticent to go ahead and eulogize him because Rav Nachman felt that he wasn't really worthy of public eulogy. So Rav says, it's actually very profound. The Gemara says, Ta'chazi See the difference between the strong ones of Eretz Yisrael and the pious ones of Bada. Rav says, now what the Gemara is doing over here is contrasting Reish Lakish with Rav Nachman. Reish Lakish had such beautiful things to say about the Talmud Chacham who passed away, and yet Rav Nachman was so critical. Rashi says over here, Takifei da'arad Yisrael, Rashi says, Reishlakish, Ta'aminu m'sechas yuma, Da'afilu bahadi rabba barbarchana lo mishtoi, Demand mishtoi bahadi reishlakish, Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak, 
Nechasidei Babel. So the Gemara is contrasting. Look over here, the contrast. Look over here, the difference between the Talmidei Chacham of Eretz Yisrael and Babel. And Babel, they're so critical. So critical. And in Eretz Yisrael, they're so appreciative of the accomplishments of every individual. Very critical Gemara of Babel. Tanan Hasam. The Gemara goes right there. Udishtamish Betaga Chalif. One who utilizes the crown of Torah for his own personal benefit will pass away. Or literally, again, will, Chalaf means literally will be removed. So the Gemara tells a story. Tani Rishlakish, Zam Ishtamish, Bemish Shoshona Halachas Kisra Shal Torah. says, this really refers to someone who makes use of a Talmud Chacham. That if you have someone who learns Halachas, right? Someone who's Shona Halachas, or actually Shona Halachas means teaches Halachas. Right, if you have someone who learns slash teaches halachas, a Talmud Chacham, and you make use of that person for your for your own benefit, that's a bad thing. The Gemara tells the story. It is better to make use of a person who has learned four out of the six sdarim of Mishnah than to go to make use of a person who has taught. Four out of the six orders. And I will say that someone who learns is certainly an accomplishment, but someone who teaches is even a greater accomplishment. So Reish Lakish says over here, sorry, Ula says over here, if you have to make use of someone, better to make use of a person who learns but doesn't teach than to make use of a person who teaches Torah. So the Gemara says, Listen to this story. Reish Lakish was traveling. He came across a large body of water. So there was a man there and he offered to take Reish Lakish on his back. He offered to carry Reish Lakish across the, the pool of water. So we'll say, as they're going across, Reish Lakish makes conversation. So Reish Lakish says to the man, Tell me, do you read Chumish? I'm really Karina, yeah, I learned Chumash. Tanis, do you learn Mishnah? Tanina, yeah, I learned Mishnah. Arba Sidre Mishnah. And I've learned four orders, four out of the six Sidarim of Mishnah. Four out of the six Sidarim of Mishnah. Amrlei, Pasalta Lacha Arba Turi, Vitaanta Barlokish Akasvech. You've literally, you've, you've, you've hewned out, you've taken for yourself four orders of Mishnah. And you carry Reish Lakish on your shoulders. Shadi bar Lakisha b'mai. Quick, throw me down in the water. Reish Lakish was so upset that this guy had learned Torah. And Reish Lakish now was making use of him to carry him across the puddle of water. So Reish Lakish said, I didn't realize who you are. Throw me down right now. Amr necha da'ashma'inan lamar. No, it is good for me. I'm happy that I get the opportunity to serve the master, that I get to serve you, Reish Lakish. So the Gemara says, Ihaki, Reish Lakish says, well, Ihaki, if that's the case, that you're not going to put me down, Gamar Mimi Hamilsa. Let me teach you some Torah. So Reish Lakish thought that at least, at least, if I'm teaching you Torah, while you're carrying me, at least somehow it's a justification for utilizing your services, even though you have learned, you have learned four out of the six orders of Mishnah. And what did he teach him? Dam Rabbi Zira. The Jewish women have been machmir on themselves. Even if they see one little small bit of blood, literally like the size of a mustard seed, they observe seven clean days 
because of a discharge of Arabo. So he made reference to this halacha. Rashi explains this over here, that this has to do with the fact that halacha lamaisa, over the ages we have become less proficient in distinguishing between dam nida and dam zava. Remember again, seven days woman is as a nida, technically on a biblical level. Eleven days after that, if she sees blood, that's not considered to be dam zivos, but rather again, that's considered to be dam, I'm sorry, dam nidos, but that's dam zivos, zava blood. But because, again, remember again, in Hilchos Nida, there are no seven clean days. In Hilchos Nida, on a biblical level, there's just seven days. Seven clean days, seven akim, is a din in Zivos, is a din in Zava. But because, but because we have become less proficient in distinguishing between the seven and eleven model, therefore Jewish women took upon themselves the Chumrah, that essentially whenever they see blood, they always observe seven clean days. So Rish Lak Shabbosai, why does he choose this halacha? The Gemara often illustrates this halacha as a simple halacha. A simple halacha, a straightforward halacha that doesn't really require any explanation. It requires a lot of explanation, right? as Rashi points out over here. But halacha, it's viewed as a simple halacha. So Rish Lakish wanted to teach this man a simple, straightforward halacha. A simple, straightforward halacha, and therefore, again, justifying the fact that he's making use of this man's services. Incredible. Both it also tells you, I just want to point out over here, how much, the, how much emphasis the Gemara puts on the learning of Mishnayis as well. Jose, it's really quite a beautiful thing. Remember, again, the Gemara keeps talking about a person who has mastered four out of the six orders of Mishnah. Remember, we live in a time where mastering Shas is possible. But remember, up until this generation, mastering Shas was possible for the elite. It was not possible for everyone. But Mishnayis was always considered to be a significant accomplishment that was within reach for everyone. Just pointing out over here, again, how, how we have the ability to really build ourselves up into the kind of people that the Gemara looks at as I think for many of us, we often don't think of ourselves as having the opportunity to become a real Talmud Chacham. But it's not true. It's within reach for each of us. And halayu sheish bizocha. But the Gemara goes back to Tanz Beilio. Beautiful Gemara. Kalashona halachos muftach lo shehu ben olam haba. Wow. Whoever learns halacha, so he says a lot of plugs over here, right? We just had a plug for Mishnah Yomi. Obviously, we're learning Daf Yomi now. An important plug for Smicha Schaver. If you learn halacha, if you learn halacha, so you have to learn halacha. Every morning, right? Go learn. He has to learn halacha. A person who learns halacha, muftach lo shuv and olam haba. He is promised that he is a he is he has a portion of the world to come. Shene emar halichos olam lo atikri halichos ella halachos. We vocalize it as halachos. If a person learns halachos, olam lo, the world belongs to him. I.e., he has a portion in the world to come. I just want to point out. This is not like an esoteric Gemara. This is very simple and straightforward. Why is it that if you learn halacha, you get olam haba? Both sides very simple. The only way to know what to do in life is to learn halacha. If I don't learn halacha, how do I know what to do? If I don't know what to do, then how am I getting olam haba? So it's, not, it's a very straightforward Gemara. If a person learns halacha, they know how to live a proper life. And if I live a proper life, then emir Hashem. I have a chilek in olam haba. Straightforward. Tan rabonah. Posei tap of chavtes. Beautiful gemara. Mevatlin talmud Torah. Lo tzas hamesulach nasas kalo. Posei you are permitted to go and be mevatel talmud Torah. Literally again to st- to stop one's learning to accompany the dead. Ulach nasas kalo. 
Now, I want to point out, it's interesting, when we hear Hachnasas Kala, often we think about, that means like collecting money to marry someone off. That's not what it means in this context. Hachnasas Kala Rashi says over here, Hachnasas Kala literally means to accompany a Kala to the Chuppah. They used to go ahead and dance the Kala from her father's home, from her father's home, ultimately again to, to, a, to the Chuppah. I took what was a beautiful, beautiful idea. I just have to say, I had the great schos to be at a chasana yesterday with Nathan Franco. First time I ever heard him sing under a chuppah. Mamish, it's good to get married just to have Nathan sing under a chuppah. I'm just, I'm just saying. Me'in olam haba. Me'in olam haba. The Gemara says as follows. So So listen to this. You're allowed to stop your learning, right? You're allowed to go ahead and literally stop your learning. So the Gemara says, they say Rabbi Huda Bariloi, that what? He stopped, he stopped Shir, right? He was in Mavatal Talmud Torah to go ahead and accompany a Kala or to accompany a person to a Levaya. And I both say, when is this? Then when is this so? Sham Now both this is very interesting. Now, think about this, think about this halacha for just a moment. If you're permitted to be Mavatal Talmud Torah for a Kala and for Hotzas and for a Levaya, both say, then what does that effectively mean for the yeshiva system? Right? There's no Shir. There's no shiz. Every, every day there's a Leviah. Every day. So I will say, so what does it mean when you can be mavatlit? Ultimately, again, when there's not enough people. So what it's talking about over here is if you know that there's someone getting married and it's a very shvach attendance, right? In other words, that there are very few people or there's a Leviah and there are very few people, then halacha lamaisa, halacha dictates that you stop your learning and you go and accompany the dead and you go and lahavdal accompany the kalah. But again, if there are enough people and they don't need you, then don't go. Then don't go. The Kama Kol Tzarecho, and I will say this is very interesting. Now, how much is Kol Tzarecho? So the Gemara says, Amr HaShol Bar Inyo Mishmei Derav, Tracer Alfei Gavri, Vishisa Alfei Shipuri. Oh, so the requisite number of people is 12,000 men and 6,000 people blowing chauffeurs. Okay, va'amri no, 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 it's not that much. Tracer alfa gavre umineo shisa alfa shipuri. No, no, it's not twelve thousand people plus six thousand chauffeur blowers, but the six thousand are within the twelve thousand. So it's not eighteen thousand; it's only twelve thousand people. Twelve thousand and six thousand who are blowing chauffeurs. So I will say ula amar kigon. So I will say. So first of all, what, is, what does that mean? What does that mean? So effectively, what that means is that halacha you're going to be going to every single levaya, right? You're going to, so let's say, so, so I, I saw brought down a very beautiful idea. That what this says is every kala and every, every levaya deserves this outpouring, right? A Jew is so holy and a Jew is so special that literally, again, now the shofar blowing, by the way, is by the levaya. These two blue shofars by the levaya. Every levaya deserves this type of attention and every chasana deserves this type of attention. Now, what it means is, what it means is that halacha lemaisa, there's enough people. Well, so you know how this is. You know, sometimes there's a chasana where there's just not a lot of people. So there's a mitzvah. There's a mitzvah to be mavatal tamatora for simchas chasana and kalo. Sometimes there's a levaya where there's not a minion. So there's a mitzvah to stop what I'm doing and to ultimately participate in that levaya. When this, when you have this number of 12,000, 18,000, I will say what that's trying to highlight is the holiness of a Jew. That what does a Jew deserve at his levaya? He deserves, he deserves 
12,000 men, 6,000 shofar blowers. What does a kala deserve at her, at her, at her, at her, at her, chasana? She deserves again an outpouring of people. But the idea is you look at the chasana, you look at the levaya, and you ask yourself, are there enough people there to make it mechubar? That's why you see over here, Ula Amar, Kigon Gavri Me'abula at Sichra. So Ula says that for a levaya, that there are enough people ultimately again, to fill the space between the gate of the city and the cemetery. We'll say ultimately often cemeteries, right, were not inside the city proper. They were right outside the city. So we'll say this is a little bit more realistic. So Ula says enough people to go to make a procession from the gate of the city up until, up until the cemetery. Now we'll say the idea is, and this is very important because sometimes we hear about a chasana, more often about a levaya that is not going to be well attended. And it's so important, to, if we have person can, to take the opportunity to make a difference to be there, even if halacha I don't know the person. It's part of the mitzvah of levaya samis. Rav Sheshes Amar, this is so profound. Reish Lakish says, how many people should be at a levaya? Well, the truth is, the taking of the Torah should be just like the giving of the Torah. Just like when Hashem gave the Torah, there were 600,000 men. So to the taking of the Torah, should be with 600,000 men. This Gemara is incredibly profound. The Gemara calls the Levaya the taking of the Torah. He will say, how profound is that? How profound is that? There is the giving of the Torah at Har Sinai, and when a Yid leaves this world, when a Jew leaves this world, that's the take, the Yibbo is taking back part of his Torah. I will say, what an incredible way to look at the dynamic of when a Neshama leaves this world. A Jew leaves this world, there's an element of the Yibbo taking back his Torah. So therefore, if Shesha says, when the Torah was given, there are 600,000 men. When the Torah is taken, there should be 600,000 men. I'm going to say, obviously, the idea, honey, Mili, the Gemara says, when is this so that you need such a dramatic outpouring? Leman dekari vitani, someone who learned Chumash and learned Mishnah. Ava leman demas, demisni, lesle shira. Now, if somebody learned Mishnah, so Mishnah, there's no shear. There's no shear. In other words, no amount of people can properly give them the correct amount of covet for their Levaya. Incredible. Time of Yochai Omer. Bo Urei. This is a magnificent, magnificent Gemara. Tayyab Shemen Yochai Omer. Rashbi says, See how much Klal Yisrael are beloved before Hashem. Wherever we were exiled, the Shechina goes with us. We were exiled to Egypt, the Shechina went with us. Galu Lubavu were exiled to Babel. Shechina Iman. The Shechina was with us. Shnei Amar. Lemanchem shalachti Babela. Vaaf kishena sidin ligal. And when we are redeemed in the future, Shechina Iman. The Shechina is redeemed along with us. Shnei Amar. V'shav Hashem lokecha es shivuscha. The pasuk doesn't say v'heshiv and Hashem will return, but rather Ella v'shav. Rather, both say v'shav Hashem means Hashem is going to return with us. When we return from the exile, Malamid, Shakadish Baruch, who shav imahen mi bein hagolios. Ultimately, again, Akadish Baruch, who comes back with us from Baba Uchabosai, means that as we are in Golos now, as we are in the current diaspora, the Ribono Shal Olam is with us, is with us in the Golos. So the Gemara says something amazing. Bebavel Hecha, tell me, 
In Bavel, where is the Shechina? In other words, I will say, if the Shechina is in the diaspora, in Bavel, where in the diaspora can the Shechina be found? I will say, get ready for this. Amr Abaye, Bebek Knishta, the Hutzel, or Bebek Knishta, the Shaf V'yasif. Ben Arda. I will say, first of all, even before, where is the Shechina found? In Shul. In Shul. I will say, in Shul is where the Shechina is found. Sirebo said, we don't understand the power of what a Beisak Nesses is. We think that a shul is just a place, just a place you come to Davin, just a place you write the nice. The shul is literally again the place where the Shechina chooses to reside while it is here in Golos. In Mirz Hashem, when Mashiach comes and we have a Beis HaMikdash, and there's a Bayesh Dishim Mehera Biyamendi, the Shechina will reside in the Kodesh HaKadoshim between the Kruvim. But until that point in time, the Shechina resides in our shul. The Gemara says, where does the Shechina reside? It resides in Beknishta, ultimately again, Behotzal, the, the, the shul in Hotzal, and the Beknishta of Shaf V'yasev in Naharda. Now I will say, this is interesting, what's, the, what's Shaf V'yasev? I will say, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, Shaf V'yasev, this is beautiful. He says, Ubana Yechanya, V'siyaito, Yechanya Melech Yudah. When Yechanya was with the first wave of exiles. When Yechania was exiled by Nebuchadnezzar, see, he, he built the shul in Nahardah. And I will say, listen to this, what did he build it from? Me'avanim va'afar sheviyu imahin begalusan. They brought stones and they brought dirt from Eretz Yisrael. And with those stones and with that dirt, they built the shul in Shaf v'yosiv. Likai mashenemar, Kiratsu avadecha es avanha ves africhoninu. Was didn't come the pasuk and tell him your servants want your stones, and ultimately they find favor in your dust. So I will say they built this shul in Narda from the stones and from the dirt of Eretz Yisrael. I will say there's a homachlokes exactly what shaf v'yasiv means. Shaf sounds like destruction. Yasef sounds like destru- uh, settled. So, there's a whole, so again, the Pasha reading of it was, this was the shul that they built after the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. Others say that what it means, it tells, right, right, Marshall brings this down, that it, perhaps in Golos it was destroyed and they rebuilt it. Okay, in any event, this is where the Shechina was. So profound. Velo teima, hacha v'hacha. We're saying it wasn't at both places at the same time. Ela zimnin hacha, v'zimnin hacha. Sometimes it was by this shul in Hutzal, and sometimes it was in the shul of Shaf v'yasef. Amra baye, tisili, dichimar chikna parsa, Ailana Umatzilna Hasamabai says that whenever I'm within a parsa, I will say, by the way, a parsa is 8,000 amas. Whenever I'm within 8,000 amas of one of these shuls, I always make sure to go in and daven, because that is where the Shechina is. So the Mars Avua de Shmuel Valevi, Havu Yosef Bikinoshta de Shaf Yosef. So listen to this. The father of Shmuel was sitting in the shul of Shaf Yosef bin Arda. As Yoshchina, they heard the shrite, the Shechina came, Shamu Koriksha, they heard a, they heard a sound, right? They heard like a stirring in the shul. Kamu, what happened? Kamu Vinafku, they got up and they left. Rav Sheshis Haviyasev Ignisha Shaf Yasev Ben Arda. So Rav Sheshis was sitting in the shul, in Shaf Yasev Ben Arda, As Yoshchina, the Shechina came, Velo Nafik, he did not get up. Now, Bosai, Rav Sheshis was blind, Rashi says. So he didn't get up. Maybe he didn't leave because maybe there was no one there to help him. 
in any event, he didn't leave, whatever the reason. The Malachi Asharis came and they started bothering him because they felt it was inappropriate that he should stay in the shul when the Shechina was there. So Rav Sheisha said, Alav means the forsaken one. If one is forsaken and one is not forsaken, who has to get up in front of who? In other words, Rav Sheisha says, Leave me be. Tell him to leave me alone. I'm blind and I'm in Golos. I'm blind and I'm in Golos. Right? We'll say, so tell me, who's the one who is forsaken? Who's the one who should be displaced in front of who? said to the Malachi Asharis, Shafkuhu, leave Rav Sheshesh alone. I will say, get ready for this. Says the Gemara, I will say, listen to these Gemaras. ma'at. So I will say, the Pasik says over here, in ma'at. I will be for them for a Mikdash ma'at. For a mini, right? A mini base ha-Mikdash. A Mikdash ma'at, a little bit of a base ha-Mikdash. What does that refer to a Mikdash ma'at? Amrab Yitzchak elu bate knesios o bate midrashos shebebavel. They both say, what's the Mikdash Ma'at of Cloud Yisrael? This refers to the shuls, and this refers to the Bate Medrash and Galos of Bava. They both say, this is where the terminology comes from. When we refer to our shul as a Mikdash Ma'at, refer to a base measure as a Mikdash Ma'at, it's from the Pazik in Yechezkel. And the Cheshbarach who says it to Cloud Yisrael, I took your base a Mikdash, but I will be there in your Mikdash Ma'at. In your little mikdash, what is a shul? A shul is a little bit, a shtick beis mikdash. It's a little mitzvah, it's a spark of the beis mikdash. Rabbi Lazar Omer, Zebeis Rabbeinu Shabbat So Rabbi Lazar also says, it's not just the shuls in the Batei Medrash, but it's any place from where Torah comes. So literally they said, it's the Beis Rabbeinu, it's the house of Rabbi Huda Anasi, right? Or Beis Rabbeinu, I should say, in, in Bavel. In Bavel. Rashi said, that's right, that's right. This is Rav. Rav Rashi says, the house of Rav in Bavel. Darash Rava, my dechsev Hashem ma'on atai salanu. What does it mean when it says Hashem? You have become a dwelling, an abode for us. First, say first wide line, widest lines. Elu bate kneus yosu bate midrashos. And let's say, what is the abode of the ribono shalolam? This is the base haknesses. This is the base hamedrash. I will say, so beautiful. We don't understand the power of a shul, the mikdash ma'at, the ma'on. Amra Bayi, Meresh has this, Meresh have a garcina bebeisa, umasana beknishta. So Abayi says, I used to learn at home. I figured out, learn at home. It's easier to learn at home. It's more convenient to learn at home, right? It's nicer to learn at home. And again, I, did, I didn't think it was a big deal. And I would come to shul to daven, or as I'd come, I'd learn at home. And then I would come to shul to daven with the minion. So umasana beknishta, keivan dishamis lahad de ka'amar david. Hashem ahafti ma'on beisecha. But once I heard the words of David Amalek, Hashem, I love the abode of your home, which ultimately again refers to the shul, refers to the base medrash. Hava garisna bebeikinishta. I came to learn in shul. I came to learn in shul. When I come to realize that the shul is not just a nice gathering place, and the shul is not just a place ultimately where I have tefillah b'tzibur, but that the shul is the mikdash ma'at. The shul is the abode of the Ribbon Shalom. I said, you know what? I'm coming not just to dive in there. I'm coming to learn there as well. Tanya Rabbi Lazar, cover Omer. I see, it was so beautiful. I see the Bate Knesios, Ubate Midrashos Sheba Bavel, Shiikvu Be'eret Yisrael. I will say, when Mashiach comes, 
the shuls in Batei Medrash and Bavel. And also whenever you hear Bavel, Bavel refers to diaspora, right? It's not just Bavel specific. Remember again, that was their Gaulus. But it means the Batei Knesios, the Batei Medrashos in Bavel, and Chutz La'aretz, Sheyikvu'u Be'eretz Yisrael, will be uprooted and will be brought to Eretz Yisrael. I will say so incredibly important. You should know. You know, you think about this just a moment. We're embarking Bar Hashem. We have embarked upon a very ambitious building campaign. person thinks about it for just a moment. Isn't that a chisaron in Amuna, in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in the Geula, that ultimately Mashiach is going to come? Why are we investing millions of dollars in Chutzah? So we'll say it is not. An investment in a shul is an investment in Eretz Yisrael as well. Because the day will come, Amir Hashem, when we complete our building, and that building is going to be uprooted by the Mashiach and brought to Eretz Yisrael. That's the investment. That's, that's the Gemara saying over here. Such an incredible Yisod. When we invest in religious infrastructure, in Chutzla Eretz, that infrastructure is going to come with us to Eretz Yisrael during the Mos HaMashiach. So the Gemara says, Shnei Amar, Ki ketabor baharim uke karmel bayam yavo. Shabbos said, this is such an amazing Gemara. The Gemara is quoting the Pasuk, from Yirmiyahu. The Pasuk over here is talking about two mountains, Har Tabor, right, and Har Carmel. So the Gemara says, like Tabor and like Carmel that have come across the sea. Now, what is, what is that talking about? When did, when did Har Tabor, right, which also happens to have a beautiful, beautiful and excellent winery, right, Har Tabor and Har Carmel, right, when, when do they come across the sea? So we'll say, Rashi says something absolutely amazing. Look at Rashi. We'll say, get ready for this. Har Tabor and Har Carmel cross the sea to be by, to be by Har Sinai during Matan Torah. The mountains crossed the sea to be by Har Sinai for Matan Torah. So the Gemara, so listen to this. Which crossed the sea just to be able to see Matan Torah, right? The mountains, Rabbo said, the mountains moved. Just to be able to see Matan Torah. They just wanted to be by Har Sinai, by Matan Torah. And yet they are reestablished in Eretz Yisrael. Bate Knesios, Bate Midrashos. Shekorin, Umar Bitsin, Bain Torah, Lachas Kama Vakama. Then all the more so shuls and Bate Medrash, where there is such a proliferation of Torah each and every day, will be uprooted and replanted in Eretz Yisrael. To see that day, Bekarov. Darush Bar Kafra. Maidich Sivlam Tirat Tun Harim Gavnunim. Supposed to listen to this. The Gemara says the mountains were upset that Har Sinai was chosen for the site of Kabbalah Satora. So the Pasik says, Mountains, why do you want judgment with Har Sinai? Ultimately, again, all of you mountains, you're all blemished. When compared to Sinai, how so? Ksiv hacha gavnunin. It calls the mountains gavnunim, right? Great, great mountains. Ksiv hasam ogibain odak. They both say gibain odak. These are blemishes that disqualify a coin from doing the avoda. What do you see from here? Amravashi shmamina. So both say gavnunim. Therefore, says mountains, mountains. Ultimately, in your gavnunim. Now, again, in the context of mountains, gavnunim means hori, right? Gibain. Ultimately, is one of the blemishes which disqualifies a coin. It's the same word. What do you see from here? That arrogance is a blemish. 
right? All of you mountains, you are blemished because you possess arrogance. You think you're so great, and therefore you think you deserve to be the site of Matan Torah, but in fact you're blemished. Rabbi said, Ravashi says, Shmamina. Rabbi said, this is incredible. Hi, Manti, you're here. Someone who is arrogant, Balmumhu. Rabbi said, arrogance is a mum. Arrogance is a blemish which disqualifies a person from accomplishing greatness. In Osinos or Kapandaria, we back to the Mishnah. We don't make a shulah shortcut. My Kapandaria, Amarav, Kapandaria, Kishma, my Kishma. Basically, just like a person says, instead of going around, instead of going around, I'll go straight. So it's like, Kapindaria is a contraction between those two words. It means a shortcut. You can't make a shula shortcut. Listen to this. However, let's see that I say there was a path, and the path preceded the building of the shul, and then they built a shul on top of the path, you can still take the path, even though the path is effectively a shortcut to the shul. If the path preceded the shul, you can still take the path. If you walk in, not with the intention of making the shul a shortcut, you can then afterwards utilize the shul as a shortcut. If you walk into the shul to Davin, you can make it a shortcut. It's very important that the idea is when can't you utilize the shul as a shortcut? When that is your express intention, that's the only thing you're doing. But if you're coming into the shul and you're doing something purposeful, you're davening, you're learning, once you've come into the shul for purposeful purpose, right? Once you've come into the shul for something purposeful, then afterwards you are permitted to go ahead and utilize it as a shortcut. Beautiful. If grass grew in the shul, don't uproot it because it causes pain like we saw in yesterday's daf. But the Bryce says, you can't uproot it to feed it to animals, but you can uproot it just to leave it there. You're right, the Mishnah is talking about a case where you're uprooting it and feeding it to your animal. That you can't do. Both say in a cemetery, you cannot you cannot act in a lightheaded or jocular fashion. So the Gemara says, furthermore, in Marin you can't allow animals to graze in a cemetery. You can't channel water through it either. And you can't gather grass in a cemetery. If you did, you should burn it in place. Why? Out of honor to the dead. So we'll say, what is that last phrase? What do you mean? You burn grass out of honor for the dead. What does that mean? Ahia, what does it refer to? If you pick grass and you burn it in place, that's covered mesim. Ella aresha. The other will say, no, no, that last phrase actually is attached to the first phrase, namely, a noagin kalos rosh bebeis You cannot act, act in a jocular or lightheaded fashion in a cemetery. Why? Ultimately, again, because ultimately, again, out of Kavarames, out of Anna, we'll say, it's very important to you know, sometimes even out of Levi, I've often thought, you know, you see this in Eretz Yisrael, but you don't really see it here in America as much. You know, sometimes when they're, in all seriousness, when they're filling in the kever, right? So what often happens is, you know, you have, whatever, five shovels, and people are standing around. Often there's so much Kalas Rosh that happens during that time. You know, in Eretz Yisrael, you see it very often that you don't see it, they sing. At Levias, right? They sing. They sing very many. I think it's Kedari introduced it here in Minad America as well. Because it, what ends up happening is you take a very serious, introspective moment. And because everybody's kind of just standing around, 
literally it's filled with small talk. No, not, nothing, nothing bad. But it's just literally you, you hear the chatter of people. So maybe it could die for us to emulate Achinu Yisrael and during a levaya to sing, especially during those moments where they're filling in the kever to make sure that the entire experience number one is one of COVID rosh and one of incredible israel. So both say, you know, there is no better time for introspect than echashbon anefesh than a levaya. Maybe it could die for us to look at ways to make the event a little bit more meaningful and impactful. Mishnah says the Mishnah. Both say rosh chodesh adar. Both say dalit parshias. So now we're going to get, remember again, the four supplemental readings. When Rosh Chodesh Adr falls on Shabbos, remember again, the first of the four additional readings that we have is Parsha Shkalim. So if Rosh Chodesh Adr falls on a Shabbos, we'll read Parsha Shkalim on the Shabbos of Rosh Chodesh Adr. What happens if Rosh Chodesh Adr falls out on, during the week, during the week, then... We read Parsha Shkalim on the Shabbos before Rosh Chodesh Adar. And then the Shabbos afterwards, we'll have a quote unquote, there's a break. Because remember again, the next thing we read is what? Parsha Zachar. And that's not read until the Shabbos right before Purim. Bishniya, the second supplemental reading is Zachar. Bishlishis, which is at the War of Amalek, that's read right before Purim. Shlishis, the third one is Para Aduma, which right Para Aduma, Birviyis HaChodesh. Bechamishis chosen lekasidron. Rabbi said, in the fifth week, we go back to the normal reading of Kriyasa Torah. Lakom afsikin. So Rabbi said, in general, we disrupt the normal reading of Kriyasa Torah for all special occasions. Bereshechadoshim bechanika purim taanios maamolus yomikipurim. Now Rabbi said, now remember again, each of those days have have a different impact. For example, when Yom Kippur falls on Shabbos, we don't read the regular parshas Shavuot at all. We just read the Kriya of Yom Kippur. But yet these. Other examples, Rosh Chodesh, Chanukah, Purim. These are all good examples of where what? We read supplemental readings. We read the regular Parashat HaShavua, but we'll add on additional readings. That's when, when it says Mavsikin, Mavsikin just means we disrupt the normal order. The normal order. Tanan Asam, Be'echel Ba'adar Mashkin Ala Shkalim. Let's analyze. Why do we read Parashat Shkalim on the Shabbos before Rosh Chodesh Adar? There's good reason. Because again, on the first of Adar, Mashkin Ala Shkalim. Rosh Chodesh Adar is when Beisdin makes the announcement to collect the new Machtes HaShakra. I remember this from our Shkalim days. On the days, the Allah Klayim. And I will say they also announced about Kilayim. Now look at Ash, what is Kilayim? Lakor Klayim as Rabbi Anikar Menatva. I will say, remember again, Baruch Chodesh Adar, you already have growth in the field. So Rosh Chodesh Adar, they already tell the people, look in your field to see if there's any Kilayim, any forbidden growth. Remember again, Beisdin will also dispatch messengers. To see about, to see about Kilayim. So we'll say, on Rosh Chodesh Adar is when we begin to announce, get ready to bring your new half shekel for the new year. Because of that, on the Shabbos, either right, 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 right before Rosh Chodesh Adar or on Rosh Chodesh Adar, if Rosh Chodesh Adar falls on Shabbos, we'll read Parshish Kalim. So the Gemara says, Ela ala shkalim inolim. Now, Bishlam ala kilayim dismanzriye. Now, I understand why in Rosh Chodesh Adar, they announce about Kilayim because that's already the time that they're planting and even there's already some growth. But I will say, why do we announce, remember, I will say, remember, when do you need Machtes HaShakal by? You need it by Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Why are they announcing it by Adar? Amrab Tevi, Amrab Yishaya, the Amr Kra, Zos Olas Chodesh Bechad Shal. I will say, the Pasik says, this is the Ola of the Chodesh in its month. Amra Torah, Chadesh, Vahavei, Karban, Mikarban, Bichuba Chadasha. They both say that every Nisan, 
you have to replenish the temple coffers and that the carbono seaboard, the communal offerings, should be brought from the newly collected funds. Chuma Chadasha. The Chavan de Benisan Bayakrovim Chuma Chadasha. And since on Nisan, since on Nisan, you need to go ahead and bring from what we call the Chuma Chadasha, the newly collected funds. Kadminon Vikarinon Be'echad Ba'adar. We got about say, so in order to, remember, in order to collect new funds from Klal Yisrael, Rabbi say, if you need that by Rosh Chodesh Nisan, then what? Then what? You need to give people time. You need to give people time. So when do they make the announcement about the Shkala? When do they make it? Rosh Chodesh Adar. This way you give people a full month to go ahead and collect and transfer their new half Shkalim to the Mixer. Let's take a, look, take a quick look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, Ela Amris Torah, Yeshlecha Chodesh, there is a month, there is a Chodesh, where ultimately again, Chodesho, there is a renewal of funds. And which is the month where there is a renewal of funds? So there's a whole Drasha, ultimately we saw in Rosh Hashanah, that we identified that that month is Nisan. Because by Nisan it says, HaChodesh HaZelachem Rosh Chadoshim. Chodesh Bechadsho, Nisan is the month that's called the Chodesh, and therefore the renewal month is Nisan. So because we need to bring, because we need to replenish the temple funds, ultimately again on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, we have to give people a heads up, we have to give them time. And therefore, Allah so we make the announcement on Rosh Chodesh Adar, that way the Nushkalim get there in time for Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Beautiful. To which the Gemara says, Kiman, to look Rabbi Shimon. Not like Rabbi Shimon. Says in general, you don't need to give people 30 days to get something done. People only need two weeks. Two weeks. Where do we see this? From this Sanya. The Tanakhama says, general, we begin to learn the Hilchos of the Halachos of Pesach 30 days before Pesach. No, you don't need 30 days. Rather, what do you need? Two weeks. Two weeks. Shabbosai, now the same Rabbi Hudu who says you only need two weeks to get ready for Pesach will also say what? Will also say what? You only need to give two people two weeks to get in their new shkalim. To get in their new shkalim. So therefore, according to Rabbi Huda, when should you make the announcement about the new shkalim? When? When? 15th of Adar. Two weeks. Two weeks. The says, no. I feel the same Rabbi Yishimel Gamliel. Kevin Daramar. Remember again, first of all, not everybody has a half a shekel. So what would happen? On the 15th of Adar, money changers would begin to set up their tables. So because the money changers are starting on the 15th, two weeks before, even Rabbi Huda would agree that what? You'd want to make the announcement for the people two weeks before the money changers start. So if you want to make the announcement two weeks before the money changers start, that puts you at where? That puts you at where? Rosh Chodesh Adar. So everyone is agreeing that you begin the announcement on the Machtus HaShakel on Rosh Chodesh Adar. So I will say, so now, fine. So now I will say, now we've established, now, we, now here's what I understand. Now I understand why Parsha Shkalim is done either on Rosh Chodesh Adar that falls on Shabbos or what? Or what? The Shabbos before Rosh Chodesh Adar. I will say, look what the Gemara says. By the way, my Parsha Shkalim, by the way, what's Parsha Shkalim? Right, what is that? So this is great. Rav Amar, second one, I'll say, Sabbath, B'nai Yisrael, Amar, Talim, Kavani, Lachni. This is interesting. Rav says, oh, Parsha Shkalim, I'll say, 
is the parsha that ultimately, again, we know as the carbon hatamid. Right? Savas bnei Yisav amarta lahem is carbon ilach mili yishai. Reach nichochi tikravu tishmeru tishmeru lach livin rado. So we'll say this is the pasuk of carbon hatamid. I remember again. This goes into Parshas Rosh Chodesh, everything else as well. So Rav says that ultimately again, Karban Shkalim, Karban Shkalim is the Pasuk ultimately again, is the Parsha of Tamid, which goes into Parshas Rosh Chodesh. Okay. Ushmuel Amar, no. Kisisa. What's Parsha Shkalim? The beginning of Parshas Kisisa, which speaks about what? Speaks about what? The mitzvah of Machzis Ashagel. Bishlam Alaman Damar Kisisa. So I understand Shmuel's position that Parsha Shkalim Rabosai is what? Is actually Parsha Shkalim, the beginning of Parsha Kisisa. That's why you call it Parsha Shkalim, because Rabosai speaks about the taking of the half shekel. I don't say, but Rav, you who say that it's the portion of, that it's the Parsha of the Tamid, with Rosh Chodesh, it doesn't even talk about, it doesn't even talk about Shkalim. So well, why is that called Parsha Shkalim? To which the Gemara says, Hasam in time, I'm sorry, Midi Shkalim Ksivasam in time of my, the Gemara says, time of my kid Rabbi Tavi. Oh, Rabbi Tavi, because what does Rabbi Tavi say? Rabbi Tavi says, Rabbi say that ultimately again, it says, Zos Olas Chodesh Bichad Show. That section contains the Pasuk that reminds us that what? There's an obligation to renew the Temple Kafirs every single Rosh Chodesh Nisan. And how do you renew the temple coffers on Rosh Chodesh Nisan? With a collection of the Machzis Ashakal. Sayyaf Rabosai, because the Pasuk of Zos Olas Chodesh Bechad Show is contained in that larger paragraph, that's why it's called Parsha Shkalim. Shabosai, fundamental Machlokas, what is Parsha Shkalim? So Bishon, the man, the Lord Savis, Pedei, Swam, Mishum, Dixivi, Karbanos, Hasam, Kiravi, Tavi. Shabosai, now I understand Rav's position. He likes Savis, Pedei, Israel. He likes that Parsha because that Parsha contains the Pasuk of Rabbi Tavi. Zos, Olas, Chodesh, Bichad, Show, which is the Pasuk that is the source for the renewal of temple funds with the newly collected Machzis HaShakel every Rosh Chodesh Nisan, Elamandamar Kisisa, Karbonos Miksivi, Rabosai, this is very interesting. Now the parish of Kisisa Rabosai, it is true that it speaks about the collection of the half shekel. Rabosai, that collection of half shekel, was it for Karbonos? No. Shkalim La'adonim Miksivi. Rabosai, the half shekel collection in the beginning of Parshas Kisisa, Rabosai, it was done for what purpose? One for what purpose? For the silver sockets. Very interesting. The Machtisa Shekel in the beginning of Parsha Kisisa was not for communal offerings. It was for the silver sockets. Kiditani Rav Yosef, says, no, explain this to you, Rav Yosef, says, Shalosh Trumosein. There are three collections. Now the Torah says the word Truma three times in the, in the beginning of Parsha Kisisa. Why three Trumos? So the Gemara says, Shalosh Trumosein. Shalmizbeach lemizbeach. Rav Yosef, there was a collection for the Mizbeach. Which was it was what was for Kabanos. Vishal Adonim La Adonim. There was a collection for the sockets. That went for the sockets. Vishal Bede Kabayis Le Bede Kabayis. And ultimately again, one for Bede Kabayis, what we'll call for temple upkeep. Now Rashi says above, we're not here, right? One for Bede Kabayis. So both sides. So the point over here is that even in Parsha's Kisisa, the Torah make re- reference to three collections. One for the sockets, one for Bede Kabayis, and one for Kabanos. Therefore, again, Parshas Kisisa contains a reference to Machzis HaShakel and to a collection for Kabanos. 
So we'll say, now listen to this. If you say that Parshas Kisisa ultimately is what? Sorry, if you say that Parshas Shkalim is Parshas Kisisa, in that respect, Parshas Shkalim is different than a regular Rosh Chodesh. Right, so we'll say, now listen to this. Here's the problem. If you say, if you say that Parshas Shkalim, like according to Shmuel, is ultimately Tzavis Ben Yisav Amar Talmuz Kamani Lachmi, we'll say that's the same Kriya as what? Rosh Chodesh. So it turns out that the Kriya for Kisisa is the same thing as the Kriya for Rosh Chodesh. Shani, the Ilu Rashi Chadashim Karishisa, Binyanad Yamavachab Rosh Chodesh. Here's the difference. On a regular Rosh Chodesh, you read six aliyos from the regular parasha and one aliyah for Rosh Chodesh, right? We do it a little bit differently. Viloa inno kulu bidrosh Chodesh. So also listen to this. So the Gemara is suggesting or the distinction of Vidana Parsha Shkalim. Ultimately, again, you'll read all six aliyos, or you'll read six aliyos from the parasha of Rosh Chodesh. Okay? So I will say, so the difference would be is how you arrange the aliyos on that Shabbos. So say, this makes sense, according to the opinion, it says that after the supplemental aliyos, you go back to the regular order of parashios. According to the opinion, who says that you always read the same parashas, so you just vary up the aftoros, right? But the parsha dioma is the same. How do you make a difference between parsha shkalim and rosh chodesh? Shani did rosh chodeshim karushisa binyan dioma. The chad kari bid rosh chodesh. Here's the difference. On regular rosh chodesh, ultimately again you'll read six aliyos in what we call the parashas of shavua, and one bar rosh chodesh vilua idna. But in Parsha Shkalim, Karutlasa Bi'inyanin Diyama, you'll read three Aliyos of the Parsha Shavua, the Arba Karu Bidrosh Chodesh, and four Aliyos ultimately in the Kriya of Rosh Chodesh. Fine. So I will say, so again, remember, the Yemar is just asking in the opinion of Shmuel, where essentially Parsha Shkalim looks the same as Parsha's Rosh Chodesh, they would just divide up the Aliyos differently on a Shabbos Shkalim that fell on Rosh Chodesh as well. So may say, the Yemar is the Kasha. Rosh Chodesh Adr Shchalios B'Shabbos When Rosh Chodesh Adr falls on Shabbos Karn B'Parsha Shkalim Umaftirin B'Yehoyada I will say that we're going to stop over here for today Now I want, I want, I want to ease your concerns right? I'm going to pick up at this message I will say You'll notice by the way we're finishing Emir Sashem Parshas Mesechus Megillah this week Last half of Megillah is only in Amid Aleph He's only number Aleph, so we are good to go That's why we're not going to rush through everything We're going to pick up I will say So just something to say we're leaving off we're just leaving off in the midst of this dramatic machlokas. What is Parsha Shkalim? Is Parsha Shkalim the first section of Parsha Kisisa? Or is it essentially the same Kriya as we have by Rosh Chodesh? We're going to continue with that discussion and get to the Halacha Lamaisa tomorrow. Shkayach, everyone.